Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Welcome to this week's episode of Start, Scale, Succeed. I'm joined by Joanna Kay, founder of JK Creative Company, which is a branding, marketing and digital company that helps you with your business, no matter what kind of business that is. But you deal more with creatives, Joanna, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So creative entrepreneurs, um, a lot of like female founders and businesses that are specializing in like a, a sustainable background, I guess. Okay. And today we are going to talk about branding. So whether you are starting out or whether you are already an existing brand and you're potentially thinking, should I rebrand? Does my brand fit my business? Then what you're going to hear over the over the course of the next probably 30 minutes is really going to help you. So thanks very much, Joanna, for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Now, we're going to go straight into the conversation um, because you've had many years experience working in this field. Mm -hmm. So when people are establishing a brand, what are the questions they should be asking themselves? Sure. So I always like to think I like to take it like a slightly different approach, I guess. I I think a lot of people when they're thinking about branding, they start with right name, colors. What are we trying to do here? Um, and I like to do more of like a big picture approach and almost like reverse engineer and work backwards. Mm-hmm. So I like to try and get people to think, where do you want to be in like five to 10 years time? Um, and then how can we work back from there? Because there's no point starting small if your goals are to be like, you know, <laughs> massive big business goals. You want to be um, earning multiple millions of pounds and stuff like that then you need to go out with that in your mind from the beginning. Mm. So I always like to say to people, yeah, ask yourself what, like, what are your goals? How big do you want to take this? Um, And then after that, to really sort of like focus on what problems you're solving with your brand. So what, like, if it's a product, what what problem does this solve and how are you helping people? Um, and I think that's the main thing that you then need to tap into throughout all of your branding, your marketing, your website, everything then comes back to with a focus on your audience and how are you helping them. And I think that's um, ultimately how you sort of like make them care about care about your brand. And yeah, and- how easy is it for people, you know, when you say to them, where do you want to be in five years, 10, 10 years time? Some people just don't really know that because it can seem so <laughs> far away and so alien to them. How do you get them to, you know, how do you get that out of them in terms of to really understand how, where they want to be? Yeah, sure. So I think maybe the timeline can put people off a little bit there. Um, Cause like you said, it's hard to know like exactly where you want to be in five years. But I think a lot of the times people do have big goals they want to achieve. 
So they might be like, I want to be featured on Forbes one day. Um, I want to get my product in Vogue. Um, Or I want to, you know. So like you say, maybe not the timeline, but more what are your big picture goals? If money was no object, if, Uh you know, if you were thinking big, where would you want to see the brand or what kind of, you know, is this, I want to be stocked in Harrods or I want to be, you know, I want to be in Sephora worldwide or, you know, and I suppose then that gives you right. Okay. The the aim in terms of from a customer point of view, and then also, um, you know, who they want to target and where, where they see themselves from a positioning point of view as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then once you start thinking along those lines, I feel like the rest sort of unfolds a little bit. So you're thinking, okay, if I'm getting stocked in Harrods, then I'm maybe going for like a a higher priced product. Um, And then we're probably going more high end branding. Um, And then you're thinking, okay, well, like, what are the steps that I need to take to get there? And how are we going to tell our story in a way that's um, connecting to the kind of people that value high end products? Um, so yeah, like a loose timeline, I guess, but maybe more so focused on those, like the big goals that you want to achieve. Yeah. They're the kind of dare to dream goals, aren't they? You know, yeah. people might have goals that are three months. It's like, right, I just want to get the website done or I just want to get this done. But without kind of knowing where they, what the destination is, it's hard to plan the journey, you know, Um, (laughs) and, excuse me, and how can brands identify their USB? So I know a lot of people talk about their purpose, their why, mm-hmm. uh, but in terms of identifying, identifying how they're different, how do you work with brands to do that? And how do you advise yeah. them to that? Sure. So I think a lot of people, I've always found people getting a bit intimidated by this question um, mm-hmm. because they're like, oh, like, I don't know what makes me unique, like nothing special. Like I'm just doing the same thing that other people are doing. Um, but a lot of the times it's already there. It's just a case of them making that connection that, oh, that that is something I do a little bit different. Um, so I always say to people, like, do you have a different way of doing things? Um, do you have like a different style, a different process? Um, even if they've got like a particular niche, sometimes that that niche within itself is the way that they're doing things differently. Um, or a lot of the times it's based within their story of why they actually started this brand or this product company. Um, maybe they've got some sort of like experience in their past that's made them want to like go down this route. And that's actually like, um, something unique that they can tap into, um, or like the mission behind their company, ethical values a different sort of belief um yeah I would say all those kinds of things they're already they're already within you like you probably already have it there but you haven't necessarily made a connection that yeah yeah, exactly you haven't pulled it out yeah and (laughs) I think as well it's like if for people that are starting brands or they're looking at brands I think it's so important to kind of see where where you sit within the market you know how are you from a price point of view how are you from a service point of view in comparison to the competition how are you you know what's different from your product point of view mm-hmm. you know like you say are you you might be the same as lots of other brands but you're uni- using only sustainable materials or you're made in Britain or you know whatever that might be and mm-hmm. and, and like you say your story is part of it and I think I remember interviewing um Fiona from Boss Your PR and it's like you know what's the 
the so what test almost like it's um you know we do this because such and such so what yeah so that so that the customers can do this you know and why so what so that it benefits them in this way you know and it is it's very much pulling apart your idea your your brand and and getting to that crux of it and uh, as to why it is different and there will be that that special part that make that sets you apart from everybody else yeah yeah exactly and I actually like what you said about the gap in the market because I think a lot of the times especially for product-based businesses is you've probably already identified a gap in the market and that's what's making you think this product yeah um so again look further into that and that's probably um that gap that you've highlighted is probably then what makes you unique and that's what you can sort of like tap into with your USB. I think that helps you with how you position your brand. And we were talking there, you know, about Harrods and luxury. And it's like there might be a lot of people doing something similar in a, a low end market or mm. there might be some people doing something similar in a high end market. But there may be no one doing it in, in the middle or they might not have reinvented it. I mean, I was looking at obviously we're recording this around Black Friday. So everyone's being bombarded by adverts and emails and buy this and buy that but something came up on my uh, feed the other day and it was uh, a brand called steamery and um steamery is so you know those so obviously you you can iron your clothes or you can steam your clothes with the like the handheld the okay, machine yeah. you know the kind of more bulky machine steamers that you see on a fashion shoot yeah but what steamery have done is they still have those bulky ones, but they have more handheld ones. So if you're traveling or at home, you can use the steamer and they look beautiful. Like there's other ones that are similar, they're out in the market, but they look very clunky or they're not very attractive. These yeah. like you would want them on your bedside table or you would want them on your dressing table. And I don't, I mean, I'm crap at ironing. I don't iron anything at all. Oh, back <laughs> Whereas I was like, yeah, I actually want this, you know? Yeah. And, and it, it's that, it's, re, it's reinventing of a product, essentially a steamer you know but it's it's making it handheld it's mm-hmm. making it fashionable it's like the that brand is it our place with the pans have you seen that um I have no there's a brand, there's a brand called um I'm sure it's called our place and they're basically beautiful beautiful saucepans that are all different colors so if you you have imagine the crusade pans that are heavy and awkward or you have your normal silver pans but if you've got this beautiful kitchen with this lovely island that you're cooking on and you know your pans are going to often be on show these are pans that are in like khaki cream and oh, you know nice. just really really nice yeah and it's like it's a pan at the end of the day it cooks something but mm-hmm. it does it in a you know it's very aesthetically pleasing to have there on your cooker and so yeah. it is it, there's 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 gaps in every market when if you look for them depending on who your customer is and who you're targeting as well you know yeah yeah exactly I love what you said about that um and sort of want the steamer now actually because I know it's rare I am I'm like because it, what was it it was 100 it's 150 pounds it's down to 120 I'm just like Jesus but I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be traveling a lot soon so I thought actually yeah no this could be a really good thing That's but, a great um, but yeah no, they are it's really good but <laughs> what and I know you mentioned earlier about that a lot of people start with the name the visuals and that mm-hmm. kind of thing but it is taking it back first and looking at your USP your you know where you want to be but when it comes to naming your brand what are your tips for that sure so I feel like I've got quite a um designer head on when I (laughs) when I tell people about naming a brand um because I like to think it needs to I think you need to think about how it's going to appear on a logo 
um, on packaging. You need to think how the name is going to appear everywhere as well when you're thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like a long name or something that's like more than three words is just going to be a bit of a nightmare later down the line when it comes to how is this going to go in a logo? Um, How are we going to make this smaller if we want it as a little like stamp in the corner of something? Um, And again, for like products and packaging, like um, shop signs, um, marketing, all that kind of stuff. You want it to be something that can be fairly, can go everywhere as a little like stamp in the corner. Um, And yeah, so not too long. Um, Also something I like shorter names because I just think they're more memorable. They've got more of an impact to them. but again, I always try and say to people, you want you almost want your brand name to explain what you do, but don't go so niched that you've almost then not allowed yourself the room to expand. Yeah. So if you're creating like a pajama brand, for example, um, I would avoid calling it like Joanna's pajamas. Um, <laughs> because it's like then if you want to expand into um I don't know, other items like sleep pillows, um, yeah. other accessories, slippers, um, or even other items of clothing, you've then limited yourself within yeah. within the name. So you almost want to like hint at what you do without being, without, yeah, closing yourself off to expanding because it's a bit of a pain to have to then change your name. I think on. there's ways from, excuse me, <coughs> you know, you can either take something that's personal to you mm-hmm. all of that you can combine two words that make sense into one yeah and make your make up your own name you can have something completely nonsensical uh like google wasn't a word until google yeah <laughs> came up with it and now it's synonymous with oh instead of i'll search it oh, i'll just google it um yeah you know or then looking at words that have a meaning maybe in a different language i always think it's quite nice as well and see how that relates and um, yeah. how that relates back to you but it can be one of the hardest I think it, it can be one of the hardest things coming up with a name oh for sure yeah <laughs> you know, I was I was starting a product business and which I've now changed track on but it did it took I, I looked at about 104 variations of different things and I was on mm. name generator websites and and all that kind of thing and then I finally came up with something that I was very happy with, but now I've gone down a different route. So that that was a lot of time wasted. But um and I think as well it's important that then if you decide on it, that you check, you know, is it available? Yeah, that's the next thing I was gonna say, make sure it's not trademarked already. Yeah. And a bit the is the domain name available, um, are the social media handles available, that kind of yeah. thing. And so people can check if it's in the UK, they can check on gov.uk to see yeah. if it's trademark. Yeah. Um and there's also a good website called Name Checker, um, which I don't know, have you come across that yet? Yeah, yeah. I think it's Name Checker with a with an R, maybe. I think yeah, it's, yeah, it's not like Checker, like ER. Yeah. And, which is quite good because then that shows you all the websites that are available in that name. So you don't have to keep going into each one. You know, it's kind of a one-stop shop in terms of what, what social media is available and stuff like that as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's... Um, that's helpful to know so you don't get your heart set on set on a particular name and then you're like oh no that's taken on Instagram and we were going to do so much of our marketing on Instagram then that's something you consider is that name really going to work um or would you be better off changing it to something where you know you can have the the exact Instagram handle and what about then should the brand visuals and imagery and all that kind of thing 
that should come last really then shouldn't it yeah established everything yeah I think so I think it's it should be in your mind the whole time but I would say it comes after the strategy so you're very much doing the big picture thinking the goal setting really thinking about your audience and the problems you're solving your brand story and then once you've got all of that in place you can start to um move on to yeah the branding because what you're then doing is the branding is telling the story of everything that you've already highlighted so you're leaning into your story and your your usp what makes you special and you're thinking how can we use the colors the fonts um the photo styles to tell this story um because different colors if i mean if you go into like color psychology different colors represent different things so a high-end brand is probably going to keep it more like simple and she can use maybe more whites and blacks or darker colors um then um a brand that's going for really like bright vibrant pops of color um they're communicating very different things so that's why I say almost like you want to leave the branding till you've really thought about what are you trying to sell like what are you trying to sell what message are you trying to get across and how do you want your audience to feel um to make sure there's no sort of mismatch then between um, your brand visuals and yeah your story and the mission behind your brand and all that kind of stuff I think that point that you made about how do you want your customer to feel mm. it's that whole essence isn't it of that without saying anything your your imagery your 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 colors your font your you know all of that can make a customer or a potential customer feel a certain way or connect with your brand a certain way, or even just take a second look that they might not have done, um, you know, if it if it didn't speak to them in that way. And, and also, like you said, in terms of from a brand positioning point of view, you're not going to have a, if you're a, a, a low value, you know, entry price point type of product that's aimed at the, a younger generation, like a very young generation, it's probably going to be bright, it's going to be fun. You know, it, it's not going to be these high end dark colors with maybe gold and you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's making it appropriate to your audience and how you want them to feel and that whole, it's tying everything up, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And I think that's something people don't necessarily realize until they start this journey mm-hmm. is a lot of clients I've spoken to are thinking like, they're like, oh, well, I really like blue. So I'm thinking maybe we can do something like have some blue in there. And I'm like, okay, that's great. Like obviously what you want still comes into it, but how, like, how is blue coming into your brand in terms of what you're trying to get across? Um, because it's not at this point, it's not necessarily about what your personal preference is. Again, it's what does blue say to people? Um, like what colors are your target audience relating to most? And even things like um like greens and browns, like together those create more of like a, a nature organic feel, which would be more um suited to like companies that have um more of like an organic or health approach or message that they're trying to get across so it's very much thinking about um the branding as like a big picture and thinking what yeah what are the colors and the text the graphics um everything really 
What's and it? for someone who isn't using an agency and is is trying to look at this on their own, yeah, um, where would you say for them to start from it? I know that we've kind of covered it, but in terms of to summarize it, where would you say yeah. to start, and what tools can they use? to help them get there sure so I always think start with a mood board um I really like Pinterest so I would say get inspiration of what other businesses are doing um obviously don't copy but I think it's it's useful to know within your niche what sort of design styles people are using um and just gather as much sort of inspiration as you can in terms of different fonts, logos, color palettes, even thinking about like website templates and social media graphics, business cards, because it all connects. Mm-hmm. And again, you've got to think, okay, if we're going down a really bright color route, how, how are we going to use that on the website? Or if we're keeping things really like simple and chic, um, what are we going to do in terms of social media posts then? Because are they just going to be like white with like black text? Because that's not necessarily going to pop out. Um, so it's sort of like trying to find like a cohesive style within your mood board. Um, and then you can pick out different different pieces, I guess, and think, okay, um, I seem to be really drawn to these really like simple sans serif fonts. And then you can think, okay, maybe we'll look at that font style and that would work really well with, um, you know, a really bright, clean photography style. And then you can look into hiring a photographer that is um, suited to that kind of style. So, yeah, I just think research and sort of like creating a a, cohe- a cohesive mood board um, is a good way to start. And I think it's also if you are then working with an agency as well, it's um, and because you can work with agencies and people like yourself at different stages, you can have everything formed and be like, this is what I really like. Can you create the logo or can you create the, yeah. you know, and some people might use that and you might use people on Upwork or Fiverr and you're like, this is what I really like. Can you create the logo? Or you might go to someone like you and say, right, OK, I have an idea, but I need help with the strategy and I need help with everything else. So, you know, you can use people at different stages and um yeah exactly but I think the more that you've done that prep beforehand Mm -hmm. that you can brief people and that you you that you know you have an idea of what you want then the easier it is for for everyone then involved in the process so that you get there quicker really don't you yeah yeah exactly and it's making sure that then your message isn't getting diluted along the way um because like you said if you're working with different people you want to make sure the ideas are coming from you as a place of I'm starting this brand I know what I'm trying to trying to do here and you're not somebody's not almost like taking you in a different direction without necessarily realizing um because it can be a lot of voices can't they there can be a lot of opinions depending on how many people you're working with on that you know so it is it's true to kind of come back to what you want that customer to feel what's the you know is it luxury you know what are your values and how about you know from establishing brand values how do you suggest um to clients to do that what's your way with that Sure. So I always take them through a brand questionnaire and I find the values usually come out through the sort of questions we ask ourselves. But again, it almost goes back to like the story and the USP at the same time. It's like there's probably a reason why you've decided to start this brand and what you feel like you're bringing to the table. Um, And usually that's where your brand values lie. So 
are you creating a product because you want to help people feel good about themselves in which case you probably value like empowerment and how can you get a message of um helping people feel confident and throughout your branding or um sometimes it's like an ethical background in which case you're really thinking okay maybe my values are like sustainability and treating people fairly and how can we make sure that's the message that we're delivering throughout um each stage of building the brand really whether it's like products production packaging web design I think like you said college psychology plays into it a lot as well Mm -hmm. and if it's a lot of sustainable not a lot of it but it's those earthier colors or it's that more grounded you know rather than a flashy pop and and that side of things so where can people find you joanna and how can they work with you yeah so on my website i've got all the details of um branding web design packaging design packages um so that's jk creative company or as well jk creative company on instagram um if you want to head over shoot me a dm <laughs> Great. Well, we'll, I'll link those um, in the show notes. And thank you very much for joining me today. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I've had a lot of fun. (laughs) And if you've enjoyed this episode, which I'm sure you have and hope you have, um, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review and I'll be back again next week with a great guest.